Listen, we've got skyrocketing inflation, over $33 trillion in debt, that's trillion with a T, war in Ukraine, and now war in Israel. How much worse can it get under this leadership? That's why thousands of hardworking Americans are diversifying their savings with precious metals like gold and silver. I personally bought some precious metals, and I got them from the top-rated company, Gold Co. Gold Co. has helped countless Americans like you and me place over $2.5 billion in gold and silver. They're rated A-plus by the Better Business Bureau. They've earned over 5,000 five-star reviews. They're a seven-time Inc. 5,000 winner. And that's just a few of their accomplishments. Right now, for listeners of this show, Gold Co. is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver. That's right, $10,000 worth of silver, but only while supplies last. Go to goldco.com slash bill to learn more. That's goldco.com slash bill. G-O-L-D-C-O dot com slash bill. Diversify your savings with gold and silver before it's too late. Well, welcome to the Bill Bennett Show. The Bill Bennett and I'd say Claude Jennings Show, but... It's the Bill Bennett show. It's your show. It is. Okay, if I'm done being a nice guy, right? No, you're never done being a nice guy. You are the <laughs> nice guy. You are the nice guy. A thoughtful conversation. News of the day. Address the existential threats to America. You'll hear about those right now with Joel Farkas and Brian Kennedy. They join us again. As promised, listener requests, they are providing updated thoughts on Israel, Hamas, Hezbollah, the world, America, and the Pickle we're in. Pickle may get worse, more sour or uglier. Gentlemen, uh, Joel, Brian, tell me the significance of the northern frontier in terms of Israel. I take it that Hezbollah is a more formidable force than Hamas. And this, of course, says nothing about Iran at the moment, which is also back there behind them. But uh, a more formidable force. Uh, also, um, Israel doesn't surround uh, Hezbollah as it does uh, Hamas and Gaza. Um, it looks like things may break out there. Can Israel carry out a war on at least those two fronts? Yeah, yeah, absolutely they can. Um, and they're going to have to. It's unclear what the I mean, the United States has moved a lot of naval assets into that part of the world. And so clearly we're there to, to show force uh, to be able to help if it got to a certain point. But when it comes to when it comes to what Israel's doing in Gaza, certainly they're capable of doing that themselves. Yeah, I'm sure. What, what one has to wonder is when you say Hezbollah, Hezbollah really is Iran. Yeah, that is a that is a forward deployed army that they have there. Yeah, and you and you see, you know, the Yemenis, the Houthis in Yemen, uh, declaring war on Israel with the backing of Iran, and you see Iran being very provocative. And as we've argued before on this, Iran would not be doing that without the consent of communist China and maybe to a lesser degree Russia. <laughs> So we have we have it seems to me an escalation of what's going on and a greater seriousness is required and unfortunately we don't really see that seriousness here in the United States today. Uh, let me interrupt you right there Joel hang on a second. Yes, I really want your comment but I, I want to follow up with Brian. 
I, I take it from the way you presented it, um, positive, the, the, the movement of the Gerald Ford and so on, uh, that is uh, U.S. assets into the area should they be needed. You take that as positive. But the note on which you just ended, I mean, we may have moved uh, military assets closer, but it seems to me we have moved off verbally uh, in terms of the hedging that uh, the U.S. is doing in terms of Israel and Gaza. No. Yeah, it's very difficult to say. I mean, one can project power by moving naval battle groups into a certain area, but that doesn't mean you're taking it more seriously. Because uh-huh. what does it, it do to the rest of your readiness? Yeah. And should they be there? Are they capable of defending themselves there? And that's unclear. What if, what if you accumulate too many assets there unnecessarily uh, and don't have the resolve to use them correctly? And right. Iran, let's say Iran uses missiles to destroy them or a proxy for Iran or a proxy for China or somehow, some way we're, we're attacked. My point about the seriousness, and I think it's important as people, as American citizens are looking at all this and, and we look at the escalation, when I say seriousness, I, I go back to something I've written recently, uh, the American mind about yeah. Warfare, warfare and immigration. We've talked about this before, but the numbers that have just come out on our southern border of the United States is that roughly 18,000 people are now crossing daily. That is a rate of half a million a month. And if it would be annualized, that'd be 6 million people a year are crossing our southern border, many of them uh, Muslims from these countries that we're talking about over there. And so we're asked to be concerned about the, for instance, in this country, the borders of Israel, and we should be, and the borders of Ukraine, and we should be. But what about the borders of the United States, letting people into this country who we have no idea whether they, you know, why they're coming, why would the Biden administration want them to come? You would think the first thing you would do would be to close the American border and prepare ourselves for the war we're in. But it doesn't seem like that's what we're doing. Yeah. We're talking a lot. We're, we're, we're showing things in the Middle East. We're talking about funding all this, you know, Israel and Ukraine and, and the American border. But of course, we're not. We're not doing that. We're not doing it in a smart way. And you really have to question today. America's resolve and the American leadership. And, and I think it's one thing that, that any American, any Israeli should be concerned about is, is America in a position to defend itself and the free world, including Israel? And that yes. question is an open one today. Joel? The seriousness um, Brian just discussed, we're not serious. Most people I speak to today, in particular, most of my Jewish friends and colleagues, they're either angry, shocked, mad, or afraid. And that's not serious either. Um, about 15 years ago, you, me, and Brian discussed how the United States could win a war against our adversaries without firing a shot. And it had to do with producing more oil, reducing substantially the price of oil, mm-hmm. meaning you're starving economically all of our adversaries. Oil's double the price than when we talked about it back then. And what that means is all of our adversaries, China, who buys cheap oil from Russia, Iran, and others, all the Middle, Middle Eastern countries, Qatar, um, Iran, they all have plenty of money to buy munitions and weapons and train people to kill us. 
We could be serious and stop that without sending a battle group to the Middle East. We could produce two or three million more barrels of oil next week in this country or announce it. We don't even have to do it. We just have to announce we're going to. And again, we've heard about a lot of billionaires in the last week or so withdrawing their funding for um, elite universities in America because of the progressive left-wing reaction and support for Hamas, a terrorist group. So their first reaction is, I'm not going to fund you anymore. And these are this is substantial amounts of money. Some of these billionaires have given 50 to $100 million each to these universities. Um, good, don't fund them, but there's more to do. We can. I, 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 have a, I have a suggestion, a solution of what more to do. We have a lot of people in this country who really now need to make a choice. And I mean my Jewish friends and colleagues. Are you... F- for freedom and liberty? Are you for being Jewish or are you being progressive? Because you cannot be both. You cannot be a progressive politically and be Jewish and for freedom and liberty. We see that. This is not confusing anymore. This is, some of us have known this quite some time for decades. I'm glad the rest of the country and the world is waking up to those who want to wake up to it, but you can't be both. The idea that the Marine Corps hymn has a phrase in it from the, from the hills of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. That was when Thomas Jefferson was president, that we had to go in with our Navy and destroy the Barbary Coast, who, had, who was taking European and American uh, uh, citizens and, and soldiers as prisoners. And in, in, in when Thomas Jefferson was president, this is not a new thing. You know, the ambassador at that time, I believe, was Abdul Rahman, said the reason we do this is you're infidels. Yeah. So yeah. We, we need to we need to step up and wake up. All right. Well, by the way, one thing I remember from that time was that Jefferson, I remember, um, was planning to do it and either in consultation or offhandedly mentioned it to Adams. And Adams said, if you do that, he didn't advise against it, but he said to Jefferson, if you do that, you'll be fighting them for the rest of your life. And maybe he meant the rest of the life of the republic. That certainly seems to be true. Well, it it, it, it was uh, true then, except it was happening prior to doing it. It was probably one to two million prisoners and slaves back then at at some point in time. Unbelievable. Look, let's get to the heart of it. You know, I was started with talking about Hezbollah, the Northern Front, and, and Brian mentioned the paddle group moving, and you talked about how that can matter less than other things. And then we talked about the border and oil. I mean, what the hell is going on? Is this opening up the border? How many people a day? Say 60,000? No, 18,000 a day. 18,000 a day. Right right, right now, they think the number is 18,000 a day. All right, 18,000 a day uh, at the southern border, uh, including people who mean to do, intend to do nothing but harm to us. Um, The oil situation, uh, the energy situation, oil, natural gas, Joel described. What is going on here? Just those two. Is this a willing, uh, a willingness? I mean, an, an ac- actual intention to decline the nation or to bring the nation to its knees or to or to to weaken the nation? Is this on purpose? Is this what yes. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want? The simple answer is yes. But also, let's talk about um, all of our financial oligarchs in this country, in the United States and around the world. They have chosen for the last 20 plus years to do business with China because it's very lucrative. And they believed they believed that they could work with China and that that would be okay, and they would make a lot of money 
doing it. It just so happens this week, um, Evergrande, uh, the Chinese um, uh, property company, which 10 years ago was one of the largest, was the largest by sales in, 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 the, in the country, selling homes and, and, and condominiums and property. They're about ready to be shut down, shut down, zero. There were zero. And what's interesting about that is there was a, um, a, a report published by a famous short seller in 2012 predicting that Evergrande was a Ponzi scheme. It was a, it was a sham. It was a fraud. And, and their accounting practices made no sense. You want to know what happened in 2012? He was sued by Hong Kong and the Chinese government. Five years ago, he lost the suit and was banned from trading ever again for at least a significant period of time. Cost him millions of dollars to defend himself. Financial people in this country understand that's what happens no matter how you tell the truth. That's what happens when you deal with tyranny, tyrannical Chinese Communist Party. They will destroy you. And you have to make a choice, financial people. Are you for freedom and liberty in the United States of America and Israel? Or are you for thinking you can work with China? Well, well, the hell with the financial people, at least for the moment. If you're the president of the United States, your responsibility is different, unique, special, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So sanction all financial transactions for, for, for Iran and any country that deals with Iran, which includes China, sanction no, them and no. preclude those. But I'm asking, why are they doing it? Now, I ask some, they, some people, I mean some specifically people. Biden, Kamala Harris, Democrats, uh, or whatever, some Republicans. Um, why are they doing it? Okay, some people the want to destroy this country, and other people think that they're smarter than everyone else and can use it to their advantage and make money. It's a combination. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly right, Joel. I mean, just what you just said. I mean, the, the point about the financial peace bill is that the, the oligarchs who helped Joe Biden in his campaign in 2020, the people who support Joe Biden today, the financial elites, these folks are not on the side of the American people, pure and simple. They're on their side. They're not on the side of the working men and women of this country. So, there is there are two groups that want open borders of the kind that are coming across our country. One is a group that just wants cheap labor, thinking that, you know, Americans won't do these jobs, which, of course, is nonsense. There's another group that wants to use these new people to change the country fundamentally, to change the political and cultural makeup of the country. Let's bring in more people who are not Americans and then America will change. You'll have more people who have different points of view. You know, Joe Biden says immigration makes us stronger. These new people, they, 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 you know, regenerate the American spirit as if the American spirit weren't just fine all by itself. But, you know, you need new people to change America, the so-called replacement theory that some people have discussed. Um, now, that's that that whether they believe that or understand that it's very difficult to say. There is also another group, though, who simply believe that America is a bad and evil country and that it needs to be put in its place. And the way you put it in its place is to have new people come into the country and change it, change it fundamentally. And the idea that in the middle of a war of the kind we're in, we're in a world war, whether whether the newspapers want to call that a war or not, we're in a world war. The idea that in the middle of a world war, we're going to have an open border and let people from all over the world come in, and including from these so-called nations of interest, 
or there is a, it's a special category of nations. I think how, how they how they phrase it: countries that have you know terrorist um, backgrounds and countries where we're not able to vet these people at all. They're coming into this country in the middle of a world war. That is utterly insane. And you'd have to say that America is going through a kind of national suicide, pure and simple. I want to extend on what Brian just said, another example of what he just said about what our people, people are supposed to be reliable and respectable within the United States. Jen Psaki, the press secretary for President Obama, just came out a few days ago. And with all the things that we're talking about that are going on, she decided to attack the new Republican Speaker of the House. And what did she say? He is a religious fundamentalist, a Christian fundamentalist. He reads the Bible. And she quoted passages of what he had said as if you're supposed to read that and say, oh, my God, this guy is crazy. Well, I guess for Jen Psaki, it's okay to be a religious fundamentalist if you murder, torture, rape, and burn people. But what if you, I would encourage all of your listeners to read what she said about our new speaker. And it actually sounded almost identical to what Deion Sanders, the coach of the CU Colorado Buffs, said after they lost to UCLA this last weekend about, we believe in ourselves, we believe in God, we believe in, 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 in how these things make ourselves better. Deion Sanders is 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 has, re, has reformed college football, and he speaks these. He he teaches young kids life as well as football, and yet Jen Psaki decides to attack the new Republican speaker for being for saying almost the same thing. One of the best well known coaches in college football, who's revered. Yeah. Says. Yeah. This yeah. is the nuttiness of progressives. It's, and yes, what Jen Psaki would like to see this country destroyed. Yes, she would. And she, she doing, would. Yes. She just said it. Why in see, hell I would think, she uh, want uh, why in hell would uh, she uh, want that? I mean, Bill, why, why would I, she I, want to be I don't know why she wants to. Why would she want to be what, forced I, to wear a burqa and submit herself and, and be whipped and I you know, I, I and not go to school. Why why would she wish why in her right mind would she wish that? She wants her people she, to be in charge. And her people about, aren't and, gonna be in charge. I mean some other people no, are gonna be in charge. No matter People coming who. over the border are going to be in charge. Well, also, she's not. You say, why in her right mind? And I would say mm -hmm. she's not in her right mind. OK, right. Okay. I mean, the Amer the American left. Look, you saw this in the university for years and years. The American left has turned on the United States and Western civilization. It believes that Western civilization is evil, that a belief in God, the way Joel just described, yeah, is, yeah. Is, is evil, yeah. right? That, that if you believe in the Christian West, you are somehow uh, racist, sexist, homophobic. You, you name the problem, you name the, you name the, the disease, yeah. intellectual disease. And so this thing that is the West, this belief in human freedom, that needs to get eradicated. And people like Jen Psaki have embraced, it seems to me anyway, a kind of totalitarian mentality that doesn't want dissent, that doesn't want freedom, that doesn't want a belief in God or even, you know, as we'd say, freedom of the mind, that it is something totalitarian in nature. And so if you have all these people come into the country, then it's just one more tool to repress the existing population. And 
you know, trying to understand their twisted way of thinking about this is very difficult because because normal everyday Americans, even most people within the that you call like moderates, people in the center of American politics, they look at the border crisis. They think it's crazy. And the only people who do not think it's crazy is the, the most radical people within this country. But because the media doesn't really report on it, they get away with it. And these so, are people who are governing us. They not only well, govern us, they make laws. That's what yeah. their job is. Yeah. They not they, see if all they did was attempt to govern, that'd be one thing. They want to change, as Brian has been describing. They want to change who we are, what we are. Yeah. And they yeah. and they write laws or create rules and regulations in order to affect that change. Yeah. You know, uh, by, by the way, just to insert again, um, on the Speaker Johnson uh, and Jen Psaki, I don't know if you followed this thing, this ongoing thing at the White House with the press secretary and the Peter Ducey from Fox saying, do you condemn the anti-Semitic demonstrations, pro-Hamas demonstrations at the universities as extremism or terrorism in the same way that you condemn MAGA people? And that, that's, that, that's yet to be answered in the affirmative. That's very odd, isn't it? It's odd and perfectly compatible with how yeah, they think what of you're, us. With what you're saying, yeah. I they understand. hate Western Christendom. They will embrace any radical view that helps destroy Western Christendom. Wow. And and wow. again, it, it, it's like a it's like a mental illness on their part. Other than the fact that they come from the best universities in the country, and they've been they've been taught all these things for however many years that this is an evil country, and now they have power, and so they're going to change it. They're going to change it by by weaponizing the Justice Department against Americans who believe in making America great again and Donald Trump. Yeah. They're going to do it by opening the border. They're going to do it by getting us into more wars around the world because they mean to change us. And they mean, look, I think they think this is a new world order that they're at the helm of. So that a Jen Psaki, who was who was a great embarrassment when she was, you know, President Biden's press secretary before this latest one, who's also quite an embarrassment. They 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 think they're going to be the ones in charge. So they don't think they're going to be the ones wearing the burkas. They don't think they're going to be the I ones understand. Yeah, I understand. Who, who are in charge. They're totalitarian. They they think they're going to get away with all of this. And so that that's the crisis we're living under. It, it is a kind of totalitarian democracy we're living in today, mm. where the people who have been elected to office have a mindset which is antithetical to the kind of freedom that we used to enjoy in this country. Old Democrats, look, old Democrats of the kind like you, Bill, you know, half century ago, were the kind of people who thought, you know, you were you were like classical liberals who thought. How do we bring more freedom and opportunity and education to more people? And so the old the old line Democrats, you know, may have had differences with Republicans about how to do that. But today, the modern left has totally abandoned anything related to liberalism and freedom and human flourishing and now really believe that it is their goal to change America into something it is not. And that it's a totalitarian nation where everything is going to be regulated from business to thought. 
And every policy of the Democratic Party today, especially the Biden administration, the things they can do unilaterally, are completely at odds with either our Constitution or human freedom. Witness all these crazy environmental policies, all these crazy, you know, as I say, the, the things the Justice Department is doing to to silence yeah, speech. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this is a, a kind of madness. As I alluded to earlier, for for the financial uh, uh, industries in our country, um, when you when you deal with a totalitarian, when you deal with a totalitarian regime, even if you're right, 100 percent right, they will shut you down, threaten you, and imprison you. I, AKA Evergrande, what I described earlier. There, there is something that that our our oligarchs here can do. Um, don't just pull your funding from these elite universities. You know, now I'm glad you finally woke up. But here's what happens when you fund universities that take money from China and other places. They turn on you. And now you saw them turn on you. So take your money and endow a brand new set of universities. Brand, and we, have, we have vacant office buildings in every major city in this country. Take them over. Instead of having them foreclosed and, 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 and repurposed, put a university in there and fund them with people around the world and in this country who believe in freedom and liberty in the United States. Fund them. Mm-hmm. You know, the top 30 or so elite, quote unquote elite universities have about a half a trillion dollars of endowment. Yeah. The college admission scandal in this country was not people yeah. spending a few hundred thousand dollars to get their kids. Got, the, the admission scandal was that they wanted their kids in these universities. Yeah. yeah. The scandal yeah. is that they have a half a trillion dollars and this is what they say and do. Now, yeah. the other thing that we can do, my Jewish friends. This is a Judeo-Christian country who believes we, Judeo-Christian beliefs are freedom, liberty. That's what we have here. There is a um, evangelical preacher in San Antonio, Texas, Pastor John Hagee. I think there's he has about more than 10 million followers. There's only about 7 million Jews in the United States. It would be wonderful if every Jew would go to him and all of his other colleagues that represent 10 million evangelical Christians and go once a month each Sunday to their their, their place of worship and thank them for being so supportive of our Jewish ideals and yeah. our freedom and our liberty in this country. I understand you may disagree with Pastor Hagee. I understand Pastor Hagee may get vilified and eviscerated for some things he says. But there's one thing I know. He loves freedom and liberty and he loves Jews. And if you are a Jew, you cannot be a progressive and Jewish. Yeah. You ought to find those who support you and who believe in your ideals. I know John Hagee. I know John Hagee. Been on his uh, show years ago. All right. Thank you. Uh, I got a specific question back to where we started. Sorry if I'm being small bore intellectual here or you guys are covering the landscape, but not even intellectual, just kind of amateur strategist. We have the Gerald Ford there, right? Uh, yes. Close, close to the action. You mentioned a missile. Do the Iranians have the capacity to launch a missile? One that could take out the Gerald Ford. Well, uh, we have ship defenses, uh-huh. uh, and so it would be a failure of our ship defenses if they were. I mean, it would. They'd have to. They'd have to launch a you know medium range ballistic missile, right? Um, which is but certainly impossible to do. But but certainly, I mean, it would be wildly provocative to do that. It would be unclear whether they could hit it. A, a more likely thing would be um, something else. You know, there, there, there are there are sunburn cruise missiles 
of the kind that the Chinese had. Mm-hmm. And some of these cruise missiles are very, you know, they travel at, yeah. you know, very quickly and are very difficult to detect. Some of these things could present a problem there. Um, it's the escalation. All this is the escalation of all this. But look, the, but just to be clear, the, Israel is not asking for our I know. military help. I know, I know, nor, I know. Nor should we be giving it for the sake, sake of Israel. Right. Why? Why is it that Iran, though, is emboldened and, and that? You know, we, we've jumped around in this conversation, I think, in part because this is this is the start of a world war. I, I personally believe it started in 2019 with um, the People's War declaration by communist China against mm-hmm. the United States. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We're, it's been slowly rolling here. You saw, you know, the election of Biden. Now Are you talking see, about you're talking about the new world order thing with Xi and and Putin that declaration? Well, that was, that, no, no. The, the in May of 2019, uh, communist China declared a people's war against the United States. Okay, okay. And it was because it, it, it and they declared the people's war because the United States specifically. Donald Trump had the temerity to uh, demand that they quit stealing American intellectual property. And they yeah. thought that was outrageous and they declared a people's war. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, okay. so, so, but I, and, you know, look, people can, can look at all these things and, and judge for themselves, but war is war and it started. And now we're, we're in the phase of the war where it's gone from America and COVID-19, which spread around the world to Ukraine and the alliance between communist China and Russia. And now it's gone to the Middle East. And we, the United States, are involved in all of that, as are the Europeans, as are the Russians, as are the Chinese. And so this isn't a world war. I'm not sure what is. So now, now it's in the Middle East. There's signs of it escalating. Americans are not sure, uh, what the what? Biden administration is doing about all this, and we're we're behaving in such a way that our our elected officials are not serving. It seems to me the American people, and we'll see with right. Speaker right. Johnson whether or not he's actually going to put America first in all of this. Yeah, well, I, I so far so good. I, I know him some, don't know him well, but I, I like what I know. You suggested several scenarios for over there. What do you think, and Joel, what do you think, again, small board, will happen next, specifically in that in that area? Talk about Hezbollah, talk about Iran, talk about two fronts, three fronts. What happens next, Joel? Depends on what we do. Um, we already know what they will do. I believe, actually, this world war started 20 years ago. Um, the de- declaration was in 2019, but it started with our um, our entire academic and financial uh, structure in this country, thinking that we were going to be doing business with China. I mentioned, you know, the Barbary Coast, you know, when Jefferson was president in terms of, uh, you know, the the, the the Muslim world attacking. But this the reason why it's happening now is because China is behind it. Everyone that has been our enemies of freedom and democracy now has one of the second largest economy in the world backing them. That's why it's happening now, and it's been happening for quite some time. If we don't do anything, it will get worse and worse, and we will lose our country very, very soon. If we choose, and we have the ability to choose, to do some of the things I alluded to, 
um, holding sanctions against uh, the financial sanctions against those who do business with terrorists, including China, um, our academic institutions, not just withdraw funding, actively do new funding with all of our oligarchs to do something correct. And also um, our, our own religious. This is this is financial. It's political. And it's also religious. Uh, Jews in America, you have a responsibility to not just simply say to the world, please understand our plight. You have a responsibility as a free Jew in America to embrace those who believe in your ideals, actively do something and do it now. But even under the sunniest of scenarios, those things won't happen in the next two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, I don't think. Uh, this what? is going to be bad. This is Bill, this is going to be up. right. What, what will happen over there? In the next four but, weeks, five. I know you said depends on the U.S. Assume the U.S. is frozen right where it is now. What happens in five weeks? Does Hezbollah come across? They feel pretty emboldened. Uh, they're going to continue. They have a plan, and they're 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 prosecuting their plan each each day, each week. They're doing more and more because they feel that they can do it and get away with it. And thus far, they can. Uh, more and more world sentiment will build against the Israelis for. A ceasefire, right? The, the world sentiment has been against Jews for a few thousand years. That's yeah. not new. It's not yeah. new. So right. again, to my Jewish colleagues, for goodness sake, let's not be confused. Uh, there's only two, 85% of Jews live in two countries in the world. Yeah. yeah. Let's wake up and understand what we can do and embrace those. There's plenty of people in this world that love freedom and liberty, Israel and Jews. It's Embrace them. Okay. Well, we have an administration that isn't going to do any of the things that you're recommending or recommend any of the things you're urging. That's correct, which is why to wait for this administration to do it is feckless. To wait until a new administration takes time. And I'm just suggesting there are things yeah. that we can do as free Americans right now, today. Right now. Mm-hmm. I got you. Brian, wrap it up for us. I'd make two points, Bill. One is... Um, when we think of Israel, we've talked a lot about Jews and Christians and, and all that. I think it's important to remember this, just as to take a step back, that that the morality of, or you'd say the legitimacy of the Israeli state is built not on the fact that they're Jewish, but that they've actually created a free country. And that free country has been an ally of the United States. Yeah. And it was not about them being Jewish. To be clear, it was about them being a free people. When we look at our friendship with Israel, it's built on our shared commitment to human freedom. And everything that we do should be with that in mind. And the Jewish part of it is is rather secondary, that the rightness of the cause is built on our friendship as free people. The idea that in America, we're, we're many religions, and even in Israel, they're both you know, Jews and Muslims and others there that I think getting away from this Jewish piece is is something that people need to at least put into the mix. Here's all I'm pushing at, just just as a way of thinking about this, that their legitimacy is not like Israel doesn't say, hey, we're Jews, so we get to live here. No, no, I, I understand. I Israel, Israel makes the case that that we have founded a state. We founded it. We have created a free society where if you want to live as a free citizen, you may live here. Now, it's primarily a country for Jews, given the fact that that, it, you know, that's who they are. But 
And so often in American society, this whole question of of Israel, I was having this conversation yesterday with, with a professor. So much of the conversation goes back to America feeling a kind of guilt over the Holocaust, for instance, and that it, it, it really entered American politics maybe in like in the 70s or 80s, really more. But this whole idea that America should be supporting Israel because of the Holocaust and, you know, an idea of guilt or just the awful things that have happened to the Jewish people who now occupy Israel. It's not about that. It's not about guilt over the Holocaust. It's about the legitimacy of Israel as an independent country, a free people defending themselves, who are who are friends with another free people here in the United States. All right. We we need to be thinking about it in those terms. It seems to me. Right. Um, I, I, I'd I'd also make a closing note about something Joel said about the financial elites just this week. Um, last week, but but it, it's coming to a head this week and next week. Our friend Congressman Gallagher, uh, Mike Gallagher, who heads up the China Committee, the Select Committee on China, issued a letter to Sequoia Capital, big you know uh, investment firm yeah. here in the United States, and it, it had some very pointed questions that they needed answers to about Sequoia Capital, an American company, and their subsidiaries investing in communist China, investing in artificial intelligence to assist the Chinese military. And it's it's the kind of thing that, that I'd recommend folks. You can see a discussion of it on presentdangerchina.org. And you'll see that there is in American society a elite financial class that is not primarily loyal, first and foremost, to the yes. interests of the United States, yes. it would appear. It would appear. And that's something that, that Joel was pointing to. And lest, lest the listeners think that this is completely hopeless, you have someone like Congressman Gallagher. Yeah, that's and right. He's, that's right. And he's looking right. into communist China. And you have Mike Johnson. And you have you know people in Congress who are going to try to get to the bottom of everything that Joel and I were describing and you were describing, Bill, and can actually try to make some sense of this. And we ought not to not to just because Joe Biden is the president doesn't mean that the Congress has no role here. Right. That there there are things and there are levers to be to be wielded with regards to both Israel, Ukraine, the southern border, you name it, we we need to make a political fight of this again and not Thank just you. not just roll over here. Got it. Thank you. Joel, exactly what uh, what Brian was describing and just okay. an exclamation point on that when I ask for Jews in America to reach out to others, it is not to reach out as a Jew and as a religious discussion. It is a collaboration and connection of those who love and value freedom and liberty. And as President Reagan noted throughout his entire life, it mm-hmm. must be defended vigilantly, yearly, regularly. Yep. 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 It must be taught regularly. <laughs> yes. And these lessons must be taught regularly. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you very much. I can't say I won't call on you again soon. I will call on you again soon. Is that okay? You bet. Thank you, Bill. Absolutely. Do- the audience uh, just devours this stuff, and uh, and I do too. I learn a lot from it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Bill. 
Okay, that does it for today's show. To catch up on previous episodes of the show, go to thebillbennettshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter at William J. Bennett. You can like me on Facebook. Just search Bill Bennett. Feel free to email the show. I'd love to hear from you. It's billbennettpodcast at gmail.com. Please share the podcast with your family and friends. We'll catch up next week. 